going? Hey, Hi, dude, what's up, man? What's up? What's up? Just trying to stay dry out here. Oh, is it raining like crazy? Uh, it just started to rain when I was outside. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, you guys got crazy weather out there in the East Coast. We're they're, they're saying we might get a snowstorm in the morning. It doesn't look like we're going to get it now, but all week they were predicting we were going to get like, you know, two to six inches of snow. I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah, man. Freaking- I. It's I have bad. an aunt who lives in Pennsylvania, and she took a picture of her little garden plants and was like, I got to bring them inside for the, the Arctic vortex that's coming. I'm like, wait, mm. what? Arctic yeah. vortex? It's 106 in Phoenix. Yeah, it's literally over 100 here in Phoenix. Yeah, it's like, what is it? It's like 58 here now and dropping, and it's going to be like 35 in the morning. It's gonna oh. be yeah, it's going to be freaking great. Yeah, that does, especially for May. Oh, yeah. Okay, go get it. Yeah, that's what I keep saying to people. I'm like, if we we have to deal with, you know, COVID and murder hornets and whatever else can be thrown at us, and now it's going to be a deep freeze in May. That's yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, like what is happening right now in the world? Like, I feel like someone is just like writing a crazy story, and we're living it out. Like, uh, why is there a pandemic, and why are there murder hornets? It sounds like end times a little bit. Like we're. <laughs> yeah. we're yeah. Like I feel like we have we're gonna we're gonna have to start like sacrificing neighbors or something. I really don't know what. They're yeah. Oh, seriously. Like this, this literally sounds like Exodus. Like mm-hmm. when Moses is in Egypt and like the locusts are coming, the firstborn child dies. Like it is. It's getting crazy. Oh, I've been painting my door with lamb's blood every night before I go to bed. Oh, I mean, I sh- I I've been telling myself I should, but I haven't been doing it. Well, luckily, I have a ton of lamb in my freezer, so it's not bad. It's not hard. Oh, yeah. There we go. (laughs) Keto helps. Keto helps. Oh, keto. Oh, man. That's dude. Eric is uh, he's getting waters right now and uh, he's missing pure gold. (laughs) Oh, man. Do you got it? You got are you drinking anything right now? Uh, I'm drinking water. That's what that's what Eric's getting, but it's taking forever. I was, I had just, I just finished a lovely bottle of, of electrolytes, you know, which was fantastic. And now I'm, I'm moving on to straight water for the rest of the night. So do you get the, do you get the flavored ones or no? Yeah, I grabbed the different, I grabbed different ones. I, I, I it's for me, it's about, I, I look for ones that have higher potassium. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going after. So I have, oh, yeah. I have a raspberry lemonade one right now and a watermelon. I, I mix them on Cinco de Mayo to get a little wild. You know, oh. just to go a little crazy. You know, uh-huh. that was my that was my you know margarita celebration. I guess that was your um, Cinco de Drinko. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. You know, it's the exciting life that Gourmet leads. <laughs> that is hilarious, dude. Um, Some cold brews or what? No, no, no. He yeah. uh, he mixed electrolytes, uh, two different electrolytes. Oh, <laughs> for for Cinco de Mayo. Oh, that's funny, dude. <laughs> No, that's awesome. Well, dude, good for you for staying on track for this quarantine because, dude, it is so hard to keep a diet going, a regimen going. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm doing my, I'm doing my best. I'm not, I'm definitely not perfect. I, I, I've had my slip ups during this time. Like, I think it's something that like a lot of people are dealing with. Oh I, yeah. I, pulled, I, I pulled, I pulled it back in faster, but I, I still have, I, I've still got COVID effects that that I'm working on now, so I can, you know, keep myself on track. But it's, it's hard when you're, you're. You're used to being able to be out all day or go out somewhere and hang out after work and, you know, not be sitting around at home around food all day. And now it's literally mm. like you, now it's like you, you're told to stock up on food to make sure you're not going to the store all the time. But then you're stuck at home with it. And it's oh, like, yeah. It's like telling an alcoholic to, to camp out in a bar. No, yeah, it really is. Yeah, seek refuge in a bar. <laughs> yeah. It's like, OK, yeah, this is this is great. I'm just going to I'm going to sit here and stare at my refrigerator for a couple hours fantastic day so with you did you have like a big slip up like did you like you know because you were talking about like at one oh, yeah. that one weekend where you gained like 40 pounds you know this was years ago yeah but uh no what I, about had a, now? I, had, I had a bad couple of days i went off i went literally off the rails for like a, a couple of days two or three days uh not as bad as i've done in the past at all um but it was it was right after it was literally the week i found out both my jobs were gone completely um I might have been losing where I was living and my grandmother went in the hospital and I was like, Oh my okay. gosh. And this was all literally within 24 hours of each other. So I was Holy. just like literally kind of like, uh, and basically did what, you know, 
a lot of people do, you know, you, you turn to the old coping mechanism. So I did it. And after like the second day, I was like, I feel like shit. And this mm -hmm. is not smart. And like, it kind of, it's, I don't know how to really just, you know, necessarily take you to like the crazy mindset, but it's like, you know, you're doing wrong, but then you get that, that high. So, you know, it's like someone going back to a drug or, you know, a, dr a drunk getting drunk again for the first time. Like, you start to like feel like oh you start to get excited about it and, and about what you're eating and you have that thrill for 24 hours and then like you wake up the next day and you feel like you're hungover and you're full of crap and you know you gotta put yourself back together and God, in I know. the past i wouldn't have pulled myself back together so i did but you know it's still even even with you know keto food around like i've i've had you know, I, I ended up like kind of reaching out to my accountability system and being like, I'm going to let you know every day if I had a good day, you know, like I need to let, and if I don't check in and tell you I had a good day, I need you to call my shit out and like reach out to me and be like, what's going on? Because it's hard when you're, especially like I'm quarantined alone, you know, like I live alone. Yeah. So it's like you go from seeing all kinds of different people all the time to now it's like, oh, you can Zoom call with people, you can talk on the phone, but you're not able to go out anymore and interact and like have it to be in a different place. And kind of like, I, I let it, I, well, at the end of the day, it's all bullshit. Like I let the excuses of what's happening in the world kind of allow me to, you know, use it as excuses. And once I kind of sat there with myself and was like, what are you doing? Like you, there's always going to be a problem. There's always going to be another crisis, whether it's this level or not, there's always going to be something you have to deal with. So like suck your shit up and, and get in line and, you know, use the things that you know how to do to, to, to take care of yourself. Dude, that's awesome. Good for you, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's so true, though, too. Like when you said, like when you wake up the next day and you feel like shit, like if you eat terrible or, you know, whatever, oh, yeah. even if it's even if it's alcohol or something, but you're like, it's that feeling, too. Like once you start eating bad, you're just like, ah, you know, whatever. But then like afterwards, you're like, God, you're just kicking yourself. Like I feel like crap. Well, and then it's like I, you know, we, we talked before about like the way my body reacts, like it's Especially not like you it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not like you know i mean not not no offense to you guys but if, if like you had like the, the two days i had you'd probably be like oh yeah you know i'm up like four or five pounds and then you drop that water weight right away and i'm like okay yeah there's a nice you know there's a nice 20 pounds in two days that's fun dang you know, that's time. yeah dude. yeah i know like, we were, me and anthony were talking about beforehand you want to go ahead yeah because we were like uh oh what should we talk about with gourmet you know and I was like, oh, we should just talk about like our weight loss struggles. Or like, or Eric actually had the opposite. He couldn't gain weight. That he, yeah, that's yeah. literally his genetics that he had. Oh, I, well, yeah. Like that's, we're, oh. well, I mean, no, if, you guys, if you, if you want to talk about that one time you struggled with seven extra pounds, that's yeah. 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 destroying your life. We could, yeah. we could I dig just, deep into that. I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you felt you were you were completely out of control. Your life was ruined. You know, you were starting to have all kinds of problems. <laughs> yeah, I came back from San Diego, like it's... eight pounds every way. <laughs> oh, thoughts seriously. And, thoughts, and so thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. I hope you I, I hope you get yourself back on the on the wagon now. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, Dude, it is funny though, because I was uh this was yesterday actually. Uh I had spent the night at my parents' house and I never buy all the little snacks that my parents do. Mm -hmm. Um and so and I was like, oh, and I made those little excuses that you were talking about. And I was like, man, well, the gyms aren't open yet. And this will be like kind of my last time to splurge. And literally I had like eight powdered donuts. I had like these yogurt covered pretzels and like all this. And I was just like, oh, like multiple spoons of uh, spoonfuls of peanut butter. Mm -hmm. And um, I literally as I was eating, I was like, I can feel my addiction of sugar cook mm -hmm. like kicking in. Oh, big time, dude. Um, and you know, it's kind of I mean, there's a lot of good keto stuff, too. Like, but. You know, I was looking at all these these pages on Instagram and stuff, and you start to wonder. You're like, yeah, like you know, it's keto, but it's called like keto Nutella fat butter. Like, oh, you, could yeah. probably, you could probably get into trouble eating a whole thing of that. Oh, the, you know, what there's I mean? a, there's a, have you guys heard of have you guys heard of the legendary nut butters? No, wait, no. So they're they're they use erythritol, which is a sugar alcohol, to sweeten them. But they they have this line of nut butters. Oh, there goes some nice people outside. Um, they're they're themed to desserts so they have like blueberry cinnamon roll and pecan pie and apple pie oh and like gosh. flavors like that like pe chocolate Ugh. peanut butter cup 
and they literally taste like what they're described as. And when I was like halfway, the, the reason, one of the reasons I decided to work with a coach was because I went on Amazon and it, of course, you know, Amazon is always recommending things to you that you, you don't, you really shouldn't buy. And it was like four jars of the pecan pie legendary nut butter, which is like my favorite flavor. Oh and yeah. I love me. some. It was like pie. four jars for the price of two jars. And I'm like, Oh, I'll buy it. You know, and I'll weigh out my portions and this will be great. And I oh. ate four, I ate four <laughs> jars of nut butter in two and a half days. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it's I not know. just like yeah, four full size jars of nut butter. So let me tell you, your <laughs> digestive system does not enjoy that much nut or sugar <laughs> alcohol at once. I mean, it's so, literally sludge when it goes in your body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's already it's already like you're 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 spooning like almost liquidy cement into your body. Yeah, exactly. And then you're expecting you're expecting things to go well, like you expect things I, to fly out. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so it's easy. Keto. <laughs> yeah, there's so it's so. I mean, there's keto ice creams now that taste as good as regular ice creams. There's there's some keto baked goods out there. Honestly, most of them taste like toothpaste. So just so yeah. you have that, you have you have that. If you haven't tried any of them, if you see something that's got erythritol in it, it's probably mm. going to taste like toothpaste. Um, yeah, I can see. Erythritol that. is from toothpaste, but dude, it's some tough stuff. Like if you yeah. want, I just made some keto bread uh, mm. the last weekend, and it was pretty good. I mean, it tasted a little. It was a little quiche because there's so oh, much yeah. egg in it. And so just trying to perfect that and I was throwing in a little vanilla ex extract, but I was trying not to overdo it. And I noticed that you had that Julian's bread and I was yep. like, you know, I, you can't as good as you can maybe make some keto bread. You cannot replace a good piece well, of bread. And, yeah. and, and what it, what it all boils down to is, and I have a friend that puts it this way is like, we want these products to scratch the itch and they never do. So it's like you've got that spot in the back of your, you know, in the middle yeah. of your back that you can't reach that you want to scratch. So you're you're grabbing all these keto products to try to scratch it, and it never does. And the only thing that's going to scratch that itch is the real thing. And then you have to think about like, can I handle the real thing? Can I not handle the real thing? And like, yeah. there are some real things that I can handle. Like I can go to my favorite, I can go to my favorite pizza place and have two pieces of pizza, and go on with my day and be happy. That's if good. I have I have a half a cup of Ben and Jerry's. You find me four days later in an alley sur surrounded by empty cartons, like wondering what happened. Where's my wallet? I don't know where I'm at. Why are my pants down? Like what's going on? For real. Uh, what is it too about like the shittier the actual product is, the more you need of it? Like, cause I feel like, you know, you, like you said, you could have two slices of your favorite pizza and you're good, but like you get a bag of pizza rolls in front of you. You gotta uh -huh. have, like, you gotta fill up at least like a plate or two. Well, I mean, aren't they? They're almost put together like a challenge when something like that comes with like eighty in a bag. And That's so it's true. Like, it's seventy-five servings. No, you know, there's no such thing as like you know, <laughs> yeah. a family. Well, who are you like, serving six-year-old girls? <laughs> like, I know, like, yeah. well, and that's the thing is that's the funny thing. You look at all those products, and you look at the actual serving sizes, and it's like serving spot size is two teaspoons, and it's like two. Te who eats two teaspoons of ice cream? Like who? Yeah, yeah. No yeah. one does these. No, no one takes a Reese's peanut butter cup and cuts it into thirds and eats yeah. a third. And it's like, there's my serving. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap the rest of it up in my, you know, my organic wax paper and put it in the cupboard till later. Like that, no one does that. Yeah. So it's it, it's it's funny, like how we we try to kind of fill that fill that void. But yeah, like I get that whole you know, one thing after another. And like, once you, once you, for me, I find that once, once I like that fire, it's, it's, I can put it out now, but it's harder to put it out. So it's almost better. Like at times to know, to realize there's times where you can and can't be around things. Your live cast in the browser. Oh, is he back on? Your live casting in another browser window. Nice. I'm confused. What's up? Sorry, yeah, we. What's that? Do you want anything from Target? I don't think I need anything. Like um, you're good, right? I need yeah. coffee filters. Oh, oh hey, Garmy's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Did I go away? I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Oh, so you could hear us? I could hear you the whole time. Yeah. Oh, really? Weird. No, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, your yeah your little icon even disappeared. Weird. Nothing like that happened on this end. Oh, okay. All right, bye, Nella. Mm. Eric's lady was asking if we wanted mm. something at Target. Nut butter. 
Yeah. Dude, speaking, but hey, speaking of uh, of coffee filters, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. It started probably like maybe a year and a half ago, but I've become such a little like not a coffee snob. I won't say that, but I just really, really enjoy good coffee. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like well, I noticed. Yeah, Gourmet's a big that nitro brews you're always posting. Man, those look so good. Oh, it's the best. I've I've had nitro all around the country. Like it's my thing to try. And this shop near me makes the best. And it's because they make the, they use probably the best, it's the best roast, the best beans, like all that. They make the cold brew the best. But like, you can go to, I mean, you can go to a Starbucks. I went to the Starbucks in Austin, Texas, and and their nitro cold brew was fantastic. And I go to the Starbucks here and it tastes like garbage water. So. Really? Yeah. Well, one, I think Starbucks does, does regional roasts on their coffee, but I think it also with nitro specifically, you have to know how to handle you know, you have your nitro system has to be perfectly calibrated to like to the amount that it's putting in and like how, how that affects the coffee. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the people near me, they're masters. Like I got a home system for my birthday that I've been experimenting with and I still haven't perfected it yet. I'm like, uh, I'm still going to keep going to my shop in the morning. Also really? Out of the house. Yeah. That's interesting. Like how long does the whole process take? Well, I mean, to do it yourself, like it's, it's seconds, but it, it's like calibrating, like, cause it's like Guinness, like it's really like a, a calibrated in, injection of the nitrogen and to do it at home, you know, you just brew the cold brew, you know, 12 to 24 hours, however long you're going to do that, however strong you like it. And then you pour it into this keg, connect this apparatus on the top, attach a, a nitrous oxide cartridge, and then just let it sit for an hour and then draw the tap. And you got it going. I thought it was going to be a lot more scientific, but I, I I just feel like sometimes at Starbucks, there's probably someone that's screwing something up along the way there. Like, I don't know. Oh, well, that. they're like paid minimum wage. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, they don't have a lot of drive to just make this perfect. Some of them do. Well, some do. Yeah. I mean, and to be fair, I, my, my local coffee shop is very hipster, very, you know, the magic of coffee and, and those kind of drinks and tea and all those things. So, like, I think uh-huh. they care a little bit more than... The mm-hmm. average person, you know, at Starbucks who's given a time limit for the amount of time they probably have, are given to get each order out or they get yelled at or, you know, all those all those things you get when you're in a big corporate place. But dude, yeah, I was no, gonna I, say good, good coffee is good. Like, why not? If you're gonna drink it, why not drink, you know? The only the only time that like, bad coffee was any good is when I was putting a ton of crap into it. Oh yeah. That's exactly. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can take any shitty coffee and just put a ton of coffee mate and sugar in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this oh, yeah. is a perfect time to have like a nitro to be doing nitro brew during the quarantine when you actually have more time to be making yourself some like good coffee. That's pretty yeah. cool. There's a lot of dude, things are gonna be different after this quarantine. I think so. Like people, I think people like really realize that they enjoy walks more. Mm, like oh, yeah. Walks are huge now, I feel like. Well, I'm, I hope- go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, you see. As much as we all we're all under stay at home orders in a lot of areas, like people out walking with their families at night, like there's a lot of good stuff happening that like I hope when things, you know, get back to quote unquote normal that people remember, you know, all how it was feeling to be able to do all this stuff together. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I feel like uh, oddly enough, most of the people that I'm like real close to have really been enjoying this quarantine just for little things like that, you know? Uh, but I will say this was last week, me and Eric, uh, we stopped at a brewery to pick up some like local beers and, um, and like, they were like, well, while we're preparing your cans, uh, do you guys want to enjoy a beer at the bar? And we literally just, it felt so good to just sit at the bar and have oh, a yeah. beer, just one beer. It felt illegal. Like it did. Yeah. Like it felt so good. Like, yeah, it was like, it was amazing how good it felt. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Oh, I'm dying. I'm dying for the, the cigar bar that I hang out to open back up again, just to like, not just see, you know, the people, the regulars and all the people I know, but like to have somewhere to go, like to feel purpose besides <laughs> run from your house for as short a time as possible and then run back, like mm-hmm. it, it, get a little bit of that normalcy back, you know, as much as it can come and, I know it's going to be phases and we have to continue to take care of everyone. And, you know, it, it's hard. Yeah. What's it like over there? I know for us, um, we were extended till May 15th, but starting as soon as Monday, we're going to have dining open for a lot of restaurants. We're going to have oh, like wow. salons and barbers or actually there's a lot of salons and barbers that open today. So we're going to be pretty much, I mean, gyms won't be really open till like June, but like a lot of our phases start next week. So what, what's it like over there? 
we're starting with the governor's calling phase one and we're probably Rhode Island keeps getting ranked like number one for how we're handling all these things because I think we're being really cautious. So her, her, her phase one, uh, just this past week, they reopened parks for people to like move through. Like you couldn't gather, Mm -hmm. but you could, you could walk, you know, like I sprint through it. Yeah. I guess. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't, it was just, it was just amazing. Like to go out and see all these people like distant from each other, but in parks and tomorrow, I think, or today, today or tomorrow, is like where phase one officially starts. And phase one here is businesses, non-essential retail will be allowed to open again. But most of our retail stores uh, have that requirement on how many people per square footage can go in. So I think it's 150 square feet for like big box retails and supermarkets and that kind of thing. Smaller non-essential retail is going to be one person per 300 square feet. So, wow. Yeah, it's so there's a lot of small stores that are like it's just not worth uh, worth us opening up. We'll we'll keep doing curbside service until, you know, they they change that restriction a little bit. Yeah. But they're going to start with that. They're not opening restaurants yet. What they are doing, you know, for people that don't just drink water all the time is they they a while back added you could pick up beer and wine at restaurants if you buy food. They're oh, going yeah. to they're going to allow restaurants to start serving uh, mixed drinks um, to go. That's that's been, been going on that this whole time. time yeah. in Phoenix. <laughs> See, like that's we haven't we haven't we haven't been doing that. So people are excited about that. Uh, they're actually gonna. They're one of the bigger things is offices. They're gonna they're gonna start allowing offices to open again. Uh, they're still telling you that if a person can work from home, they should work from home. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna allow bit small businesses will be allowed to open their offices again with social distancing. That you're supposed to keep break rooms closed and supposed to wear masks while you're working. Like all of those re- all those restrictions are still in place. So they're they're going very cautiously and slowly, and then it'll be phase two where they start to lift a little bit more of that. And I don't think gyms are going to come, you know, here. If we saw gyms in June, I'd be really surprised. I think it's going to be more like July. Oh, yeah. Gosh, that just sucks, man. And I think the gym. I mean, let's think. Of, we're talking about mental health, right? It's Mental Health Awareness oh, yeah. Month. Like, how much? How much? You know, mental health stress is on people because they can't go to a gym. They can't. I mean. Yeah, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, Jim, that's the worst place to be. I'm like, I don't know. Is it? I mean, a lot of people are pretty clean about what they're doing. And how is it any more? How is it any worse than going to Walmart? You know what I mean? Like there's people coughing and sneezing and walking in and out of a million different places, you know? Oh, I mean, I think some of the restrictions and this is, you know, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I feel like some of the distinctions that were made were arbitrary because oh, they, yeah. they didn't know how to handle it. So they were like, well, yeah, this shouldn't be open and this shouldn't be open and this shouldn't be open. And like, I, I think if they open gyms and they limit the number of people and you've got the proper cleaning going in place, like, shouldn't we be doing that anyway? Like, I I understand, yeah. but we have to start remembering that we're not all children, like as adults, like we have to, you know, kind of take responsibility for some of that. But I think you're right. Like to talk to that mental health topic, like just the sheer disruption and routine for a lot of people, you know has has probably thrown off you know their anxiety i know for me like my anxiety rages on different days and i I know a lot of it has to do with like just that lack of i was working out you know five or six days a week and like that is you know for the most part it's adapted but it's mostly gone and then you talk about things like domestic violence and abuse and like all those other things that are happening for people because now Mm -hmm. they're spending all that time together that they weren't spending before or work used to be a safe place to go or i mean i for me, it's like the heartbreaking side is like kids that used to see school as the escape for a bad from a bad home environment are now stuck at home. Like, there's oh, just yeah, so many, there's so then, many after there's so many after effects that I think we're going to keep seeing as, as this progresses, even once things get back to, quote unquote, normal. Yeah, I was going to say, too, like, you know, numbers, all sorts of numbers like uh, domestic violence is on the rise, like mm-hmm. child, like like child molestation, things like that. Cases like that are on the rise because people, so many people, like you said, who can normally maybe escape those situations are all stuck at home in them. And it's, it's, it's a really, that's one of the dark statistics that come out when you have stay at home orders that, you know, it's maybe a controversial topic to talk about, but it's a real one. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. And I I think like, like, and one of the topics obviously that, 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 crosses over into the mental health area that, you know, is obviously near and dear to me is like just dealing with like problems with like obesity and food addiction and food eating disorders and things along those lines. And people 
that had their routines and their their coping mechanisms strongly in place and now we're finding like their work is gone or they're stuck at home or all of those things are kind of throwing some chaos in there and not having the skills to be able to handle getting through that like what is i mean this is another topic people don't want to talk about you know what is one of the highest comorbidities for covid is is obesity rates and what does telling people to stay at home and not leave the house and be surrounded by food increase in the end you know cutting mm-hmm. off people's access to working out, like it's going to end up increasing those numbers. And as you guys know, like we're a pretty fat country to begin with. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm worried more about, you know, those people that are going to come out of this in worse shape physically, you know, and mentally than, than they went in. And, and how are we going to be able to take care of those people and help them? Yeah. I mean, th- even, you know, people who are used to going in the, in, that routine going to the gym and stuff now you kind of even if you're doing walks or you're doing some home workout type stuff like that's good too but you you actually build in your brain now you're so used to not going to the gym you know so when you were going four or five days a week you just feel like if you didn't go it felt kind of weird well now it's almost going to be the opposite it'll it'll feel weird to be able to go you know and like so many people you know most of their stuff is about routine it's just getting in that routine and going you get so used to going that it's just ingrained in you. And then when you remove that, how hard is it for people to get back into going? Oh, for sure. And I, I look at myself, like I have a lot of friends that are chomping at the bit to get back into the gym. You know, they miss it. Like they, they would miss oxygen. And like, but like for me is as much as I know the gym has been like an amazing tool for this journey I've been on. And I love it when I do it. I'm one of those people that it's every week I fight to make sure I'm going like every morning I, I lie in bed for like 20 minutes you know, four o'clock in the morning, the alarm goes off and I try to think of a reason not to get up and go. And like, I think about people who then are like me, who are like, almost in some ways, like, oh, well, I can't go. So that kind of takes that pressure away. And then it comes back and you have to get, you have to build that routine that you had, that muscle that you had finally built up that, you know, that ability like motivational your, muscle. Yeah. Like that, that yeah. routine that, because which I, I just, honestly, I think routine is so freaking important. And I think that had a lot to do with like why I messed up you know, early on, like back in March, like, because my routine was thrown completely out of whack. And instead of realizing that right away and putting something in place, which I've done now, I immediately was like, well, I'll do this today and I'll do this tomorrow. Maybe I'll try this tomorrow and, and maybe I can take care of that. Like I, I lost that. Like I, I totally kind of had like that, that to-do list ripped up and had to, you know, reestablish that for myself. And I think there's going to be a lot of reestablishing that again for people. And also, I mean, let's, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but if, if you jump around on like YouTube and Instagram, there's also just been a lot of like, quote unquote, like health and fitness influencers telling people not to stress out about food and not to worry about eating healthy during this time. And, you know, enjoy comfort food because that gives us comfort during challenging crises. And like all this behavior that I think is off, you know, advice that I think is awful. Like if anything, I think now is a good time for people to dial in what they're eating and think about their nutrition and think about what they're putting into their bodies and how that impacts your immune system and your overall health. And so I, I just, I just don't know what we're going to see when all of this, this kind of susses itself out. Well, I know I can speak from personal experience because like during this quarantine, I haven't been eating as good. I haven't been working out and I haven't, like you said, I, I got rid of my routine, which I really feel like it's, I got, I decided I was not going to be as disciplined you know, mm-hmm. and then, then that lack of discipline just with like my, my health, physical health, it kind of like, it's, it kind of spilled into other areas of my life too. Like, it's funny how, like, if you just are cast one like one part of your life to the wayside, how it can drag other parts of your life too. Cause like, then all of a sudden I just wasn't, well, of course this has to do with me eating and stuff too, but I just wasn't feeling as great. Like, I was just like, you know, usually I'm just like feeling like I'm really happy and stuff like that, but now I'm just kind of having a, a blah day. And then all of a sudden I was having more of just blah days, you know? And I mean, yeah, a lot of it is not being able to see people, but I know a lot of it is because I'm, I'm literally, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm seeing the weight I've gained and just mm-hmm. not looking as good. Oh yeah. And especially with, I think when you work out, you just, you have more energy, you know, it sounds almost like mm-hmm. reverse, right? You would be, le- you'd have less energy from working out a lot, but I think it gives you a lot of mental clarity and also just gives you, oh, yeah. it just gives you more energy too. You know, you feel more mm-hmm. vibrant. And when you're inside all day, when you're sitting all day or you're not moving around, I mean, for me, at least my personal experience is if I'm sitting down for most of the day, I'm inside most of the day, I get so lethargic and tired. Mm -hmm. 
And you literally, I'm like, I, I could just crawl up in a bed and sleep for like 12 hours if I wanted to. It's weird how that happens, you know. But when I'm moving and I'm doing stuff, you know, I feel like I have more energy. Yep. I mean, I took a nap the other day. I haven't taken a nap in years. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll take a nap. Like, there's, uh-huh. such, there's such a connection between what we do with our bodies and our mind. Like, people love to kind of separate their their minds and their bodies. Like, try to think of them as two separate things. And, like, it's all really connected. Like, the endorphins and the the hormones, you know, that are involved with working out affect your mental clarity. And they affect your focus and your ability to like, handle things emotionally. And a lot of people use that physical you know, that time in the gym is like really almost like their meditation time. So if you don't put something else in place to fill that, you're of course going to start to see effects and start to see challenges. And, you know, and then never mind, like to, to take it like really deeper, like the people that we're seeing counselors one-on-one and in all of those things. And like, I, I just have friends that are mental health professionals that, you know, scrambled to get like zoom counseling going and like mm-hmm. trying to make sure that people, cause there are people that need rely on that to be able to function and like yeah. to have that taken away is, you know, scary, you know, on a lot of levels, but also it, it's showing that we can adapt and we can find ways to like make those things happen. You know, as human beings, we're really resilient, but we can still be thrown off by these kind of things. And, I, and it's okay to be thrown off. And I don't want anyone listening to be like, oh, they're lecturing. You know, I, I, I ate bad for four weeks. And so they're lecturing me about doing it. Like just you make choices and we all make choices. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you're doing what you need to do to take care of yourself. But just don't, I, I think we get into that mode of like, we're taking care of ourselves by by going off our diets during this time because we're going to comfort ourselves. And we're going to, you know, that I think that just leads to, to a worse challenge in the end. Like what's the, is the setback going to be worth it? Like you were saying, like looking at yourself in the mirror, you know, or when you go to put your work clothes back on for the first time in three months and those pants are tight, like what, what is that going to do to you in the end? Like, is that going to feel as good as what you did during this quarantine time? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think there's things, sometimes we need to remember to keep some of that heart around, you know, and embrace the challenge of this time and realize that there's some things that suck. And I like my thing for me, like, I've been just trying to, to walk every day, you know, to get at least a mile in every day, if not two. And I hate it. Like, <laughs> I'm not, you yeah. know, I hate, I love, I love it when I'm done, you know, you feel accomplished and it, oh, and it yeah. feels great, but literally like I, I lay there in the morning and I'm like, I gotta get up and go do this. You know, where am I going to go today? Like, who's going to stare at me because I'm out walking in public, you know, all that jazz, but like putting that routine back in place for me, like just that one thing has helped me immensely feel like I'm ready for the day more and I'm ready to come back and then tackle something else and work on other projects that I'm trying to put in place because there are parts of my life that are possibly gone forever in terms of work and things along those lines. So I have to start thinking about what comes next and not that we're going to be in quarantine getting extra checks from the government forever. Like there's going to be a time where, you know, those challenges become even more urgent and, you know, you got to start preparing for them. Oh yeah, dude. It's totally like mental gymnastics when you're, when you're thinking about like, oh man, like, do I really want to go run right now? I mean, for you and I, it's a little different because it's so cold over there. You know, you gotta, you you don't want to go out into the cold weather for me. It's like, it's already over a hundred degrees now. So for for a while there, it was really nice for me to get outside because it was just gorgeous weather. But now that when it's a hundred degrees and I'm like, oh man, my hamstrings kind of hurt. I don't know if I want to run for, you know, go out for a 15 minute jog with like a 10 minute walk or should I do this? You know, you just kind of do, yeah, like I said, mental gymnastics. You don't want to do it. And then after I do it, I feel great. And then I'm like, oh, now I want to do this and that. Like I'm all energized, but dude, that's the mental toll. And then on top of that, it is a little crazy. Like it, you know, you, you start to think like, is the cure, you know, worse than the the disease or whatever that is, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like, this many people staying home, you can't go do stuff. How limited are people in, you know, with resources and our ability to be, I mean, we're social animals, right? We're social creatures. Like that is just who we are. And then you take all that away. We put all these precautions on it and that's going to take a huge mental toll on us. And it already has, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's just physically, like we're not able to exercise and then the mental, I mean, we already talked about how that's going to affect your, your mental state. But then on top of that, just being isolated, like mm. they actually do that as torture in prisons. Right. They put you in solitude. Yeah. That is a way to, and then they actually, I've seen uh, studies that say when you're in solitary confinement, I think within like 36 hours, your brain, like the actual like makeup of your brain starts to shift and change. Mm. And, and imagine people who are oh, self-isolating like that. It's, 
Yeah. That's terrifying, man. And like, we're doing that on a large scale. You know, oh, well, yeah. speaking, well, speaking of that and like, just like the, okay, so quarantine is over with, right? Like, I feel like everyone knows what all these problems that are going on, like, you know, the abuse is up, you know, domestic violence, uh, you know, uh, alcoholics now they have like, you know, now they're just, you know, they're sending boozy emails every day, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, but like, I wonder if they're going to do anything to kind of just raise awareness for that. Be like, Hey, you know, like obviously this is hard times, you know, the stats are showing it. So like, here's some local places that, you know, here's the numbers for this. If you're feeling even suicidal, you know, here's the number of the suicide hotline. Like I really hope, you know, what's so funny is like, I hope the media would do that, but I have no faith that that would happen. Oh yeah. No, as as you were saying that, like I immediately was thinking like, there's no way that's going to come from, you know, that's not. I mean, the I think the media will play some lip service to things like that, but I think it's really going to be like on a on a grassroots, personal level, like making sure you're checking on people and making sure you're making sure people know the resources that are available. And if you see something, share something. Like the power, it, it's cliche to talk about like the power of social media or like the podcast. You know, your podcast, my podcast, like using those mm-hmm. resources to make sure people know that other people were going through similar challenges. Because I think there's that. In addition, like when you isolate, you start to think you're the only person that's feeling the way you're feeling, like feeling bad about the way things are or feeling stir crazy or mm-hmm. feeling literally insane some days. And I, I think sometimes it's good to talk to someone else, connect with someone else and like say, have them say, yeah, I felt the exact same way these past couple of weeks. And this is what I'm doing. And what are you doing? And having someone say to you, like pushing your friends, like to what are you doing to keep your routine going? Like what's going on with you? Like a lot of especially you know again i exist mostly in that weight loss sphere like i've got a group of guys that i'm in a dm group with and like we started kind of the walking challenge together just to make sure that everyone is moving and everyone is doing something and not letting people fall off by the wayside and if someone gets quiet like someone disappears like especially you know again not to not to focus on 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 fat people and former fat people but when someone who's on a very public weight loss journey disappears from social media, you usually know what that means. Not letting the, not letting those people disappear completely. And at least saying, Hey, I know you might not want to talk right now, but when you want to talk, you know, we're still here, you know, there's still someone here who will reach out to you. And I notice that you're not around. And, you know, I've had people say to me, like, I didn't think anyone noticed that I wasn't posting, you know, I, I was not really thinking about that, you know, but yeah, things aren't going good right now. This is what I'm dealing with. And it's like, okay, yeah, because how easy it is, especially with, especially with social media. Think about that. Like, you know, you maybe you're you're not as strict, or you're not just you're not doing as well. A lot of people struggle because they don't have the access, even like they don't have all the home equipment, or like it's hard just doing like sit ups and crunches, walking, push ups, whatever you know. And then you, what are you going to see on Instagram and Facebook? You see these like jacked, ripped, in shape people doing all these crazy home workout videos, and you're just kind of like. You know, at least like I get a little bit of a like, yeah, eh, whatever, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like this right. like, yeah, piss off attitude because I'm like, yeah, look at this guy. And, and it makes you feel bad and like you get demoralized. And again, yeah. yeah, you don't want to make excuses, but you can't deny uh, your thoughts, right? You can't deny the chemical makeup of your brain and the way you your first reaction to those things is. I mean, and like you said, you just have to get used to doing picking certain things to do. Uh, for me, I, I notice when I do the same thing every day, like if I'm trying to go on the same jog or run or do the same like workout, it gets stale real quick. Like it becomes such a chore to me and I don't want to do it. So I know at least for me, what helps is like, oh, maybe I'll try just doing something else, doing something I, I don't ever usually do. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's so it's hard, especially for people who I mean, like I've been very blessed genetically i guess you could say because even if i am eating like crap or doing whatever i'm not going to gain 15 pounds in a weekend you know what i mean um and so for people who do man i really i really feel for how that must be on your psyche oh and i I mean i i think about like the people i know that are so kind of mobility impaired by their weight that like going to a pool used to be the only place they could go to get exercise you know, because of the relief you get from your literally relief you get from gravity when you get in the pool and then having pools closed and looking at them being closed possibly for months. And, you know, are they finding ways to adapt, you know, to do different exercise? If even doing chair squats is something that's beyond them right now, like there's, 
there's a lot of people in different circumstances that sometimes we don't think about, like that just run into like different challenges. And I, I also know, like as much as I, you know, ate like an asshole for a couple of days, like there are people that are just as challenged by their food issues as I am that are in a house with like four or five other people that don't eat the way they eat. So the food in the house is not the same. Like they're surrounded by the garbage that they've tried to keep out of their life, but it's going to be there. And those people around them are eating it and are okay eating it and don't have the same problems, you know, so it shouldn't be put under the same restriction. But I can only imagine having to sit across like from a cake on the counter every day during this time and like just walk by it, you know, five times a day. Like, yeah, that's like know, trying to be uh to be sober, yeah, right? Like you mentioned earlier, but you're like right. living in a bar. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like someone, it, it's like being that that person who's trying to stay sober and having that person sit down, someone sit down with you at dinner every night with you know a martini, asking if you want one. Like, yeah. And, and I've talked to people that have had like their family members say to them, you know, well, can't you just have this now? And do you have to be so strict? And can't you just do this? And you know, oh, it's course, hard. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's. And I had a long talk with someone the other day because he was talking about, you know, because his family now is seeing exactly what he's eating all the time, you know, like how and he's keto and his family isn't. So like he's even got like his kids saying like, well, why are you eating that way? And why are you eating this? And like I had to say, like, you know, you can tell them I eat this way because I want to be around for you and I'm trying to be healthy for you. And like these are why I'm doing it, because you can't expect people that are on the outside that don't struggle with food issues and don't struggle with their weight to have really gone through that process of trying to figure out nutrition a hundred percent. Like they might not have done that. Like they're still dealing with, look at what we all, you know, at different points have to unlearn to come to different points. Like, especially people that are, you know, not to, to stick on the keto side, but you know, it's, it's hard for someone to understand how, you know, a, a, a burger with bacon on top of it can be better for you than a bowl of pasta. Like it's hard for people to, to wrap their heads around that. And then to have that force in their faces, and then you have to defend yourself. So then is it easier just to say, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just have what you're having. Like we're, we're people, a lot of us are people pleasers, especially people that have dealt with weight issues for a long time. You know, you get into that place of codependency and wanting to make sure everyone's okay with what you're doing. And so it's, it's easy to not think you're falling, but to, to wake up a couple of days later and be like, what have I been doing? I haven't eaten right at all for the past week and a half. Mm-hmm. Oh, big time. I see it all the time too at work. Um, you know, people are always buying like, you know, donuts and, you know, uh, bagels, all sorts of stuff. And then there's always the people who, uh, you know, who try to opt out or say like, oh, I'm, I'm really low carb or I'm trying, you know, I've even heard teachers who are like, hey, I'm trying this keto diet and people look at them like, oh, like, you know, that's, that doesn't sound right. You can eat, so you can eat bacon, but you can't eat a donut. Like bacon's worse, you know, bacon's bad for your heart, stuff like that, stuff that like they have no no factual basis in, no knowledge in, no nothing. And they say that and I've seen the teachers or I've seen the people at work who are like, oh, okay, fine. You know, like, okay. Like, and they'll kind of cave and I, you know, you're like, no, don't eat what you don't want to eat. Right. You know, like don't Um, feel social pressure, but it's true. It's real. It's a real thing. Well, there's a, there's a, there's a pretty, you know, kind of popular meme that goes around the keto space where it's, you know, no one judged, no one said a word when I was eating these things. And it's like donuts and Big Macs and all that food. Yeah. And then it's, then it's like, as soon as I ate this, you know, everyone freaked out and it's like a steak and some greens and some stuff like that. Like, and, and I've lived that, like I was talking to someone, I was talking to an old friend the other day and I'm like, you know, I used to sit across from you and eat a large pizza and drink a two liter bottle of Coke and no one batted an eye. But mm-hmm. if I take the bun off a burger, i uh, I'm all of a sudden doing something to, to, to kill myself. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. where's that, where's that logic? And I used to have to explain it to my family all the time until they saw the results. Like it was, you know, my, my stepmother used to get really weirded out when we would go out to dinner and I would order, you know, I would just order the steak with, I'd order the Caesar salad, but I would say, leave this off, leave this off, leave this off and just bring the dressing on the side. And she would literally spend most of the meal looking at what I'm eating going, that's all you're going to have. Is that, are you, that's all you're going to eat? You're going to eat it that way? You're just going to eat that? And you have to spend all that energy like explaining and being like, no, you're, this is okay. And this is why I do this. And this is why it's at. And eventually when they see, you know, me lose 200, 300 pounds, they realize, well, maybe he, he must be doing something right. So now more they ask how they can do it. But it's, it's definitely something you have to kind of struggle through. Like, and so Big then time. to have that, have nowhere, no way to escape from that. Because mm-hmm. I always had the luxury of leaving. You know, if I was at a social event and I was around food that I knew I couldn't handle, I could get up and leave. You know, if I was trapped at home with it, 
I can't honestly oh, even say chance. how I'd be handling yeah. that. Like, Pun you know, intended. Yeah. It would literally be a, it would literally be a fat chance. I would literally be on your show. This this would be a very different topic this week. It would be like, okay, you know, let's let's talk about Gormy's comeback. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, off this bender that he yeah. just got yeah. off of. Yeah. So talk about like, how you gained 75 yeah. pounds in 38 yeah. hours. So we we talked two months ago, a month and a half ago, and I've put on 125 pounds. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, really? You know, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah, yeah, that would be if they're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> that sounds good. Gormy. I think about coming if I came, you know, if, if my job were to come back, you know, when I come out of quarantine like that, and they're like, oh, so it's clear what you did during the quarantine. No, you, yeah. You had you had access to some snacks. You had some snacks. Us. I know. And snacks-es. you know what's funny too, too, when we talk about like social pressure. The one thing I always find funny that people say when they have no idea about diet, food, anything, they just go, well, you should eat. And they challenge someone who's eating like, let's say keto or something. And they go like, well, you need, you need grains, you need bread, you need this, you need that. Like you, you need balance in your diet. And I'm like, mm-hmm. where did we get that from? Where do we get this? Like you, you need to eat all the things you need the food pyramid. It's like the food pyramid has been wrong for 40 years. <laughs> Well, well, you guys, you, you didn't have, have you, full access you know where, to the like, food pyramid. Like, you know, back when we were cavemen, we didn't really have access right. to like having like oats and, and vegetables and, you know, and your meats and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, go well, ahead, Gormy. Have you, no, I was going to say, have you, have you ever looked into where the food pyramid actually came from? No. It's not oh, from doctors. Cool. It's, it's not from doctors at all. It was marketers. Really? With the government, you know, it was put together. It's all about grain subsidy and like, you know, what the, what the government is putting money into and like where they want to, that's why it's eight servings of grains a day and why, you know, farmers that, that raise grains get a bigger subsidy than farmers that raise, you know, grass fed meat. Like there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of interesting information behind it. And I, you know, I'm not gonna, I, I can't cite specific articles for you to look at, but if you, if you look into it, like, it's, it's just interesting to look at where that period, like it's not based in science. Like it's, it's based in more of, well, we think this is right. And they, there were some, there were some studies done on cholesterol and, and heart health that the, the people that put the report together that we based our entire perception of cholesterol on came from them picking and choosing the results to prove their hypothesis. So oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, instead of like, us thinking about, you know, what, what did these other results show? Like, what were the results from the other states? You know, you picked and choose the results from the states that proved your cholesterol hypothesis, but you also didn't look at, you know, other corollary factors. Like back when they did all that studying, what were people doing a lot? Smoking. Smoking was huge back in, you know, in the fifties, forties, like that time. Like, and that's where all this research comes from. So where was that at during that time? What about alcohol consumption? What about other things that have an impact on your health, probably to a greater degree than the amount of cholesterol in your food? It's the idea that like, because if you eat bread, it doesn't turn into bread on your body. Like you don't turn into a loaf of bread. But <laughs> yeah. The idea that you eat the cholesterol from an animal and it turns into human cholesterol. Yeah, yeah right. we accept that. We accept that as as science. We accept that you know something turns right into something else. You know that the uh-huh. you know you that the the butter you put on your bread, you know the butter you put into your body turns immediately to butter on your body. Like that's that's what's told to us as kids in health class. You know, eat so butter and you true. turn into butter. That's and the crazy like, thing too. Is like yeah, like look at a steak. Take a steak mm-hmm. for example. It's like what is the ingredients in steak? It's steak. That's it. The only thing. And it's from an animal. You know, it's it's how natural could that how much more natural could you get? Mm -hmm. But people will think that that is unhealthy, but they'll eat something out of a bag that has 75 ingredients that they can't even pronounce. pronounce. Yeah, right. And they think that but because it says veggie chips, it's healthy. You know, (laughs) something where there's actual I mean, I've got I've got a friend, a good friend from college that she works in food science. You know, and they literally, you know, in food science, they work to make not just like flavors exist that don't exist in nature, yeah, but that our palates respond to. Like they work to make the food hyperpalatable. And it happens in the health food sphere too. Like the more and more of these hyperpalatable keto foods that come about, the more and more you see people having problems with them. Like it's food engineering is just one of the things that I think is like almost led to like our downfall. Oh, Excuse me in so many ways. And it's all because like when it happened, it was innocent. 
you know, it wasn't about driving a huge marketing money machine, but then all of a sudden they realized, well, if I put this in food, people, it tastes better and people buy more of it and I make more money. So let's put more of it in the food. And yep. what do we care about what it does to people in the end and how it affects them and all of that? Like, like you said, like there's, there's some people out there, there's some good influencers. I, I don't know if you guys know who Matt Vincent is uh, from hate brand, but he, one of his big things with food is like, you know, is it a single ingredient food? And he also likes to say, does it have a face? Um, but yeah. the idea that you can identify, like like that Julian bread you brought up that I that I got for my birthday that I've been trying, you know, it's not perfectly like bread or whatever. And I don't necessarily think it's something everyone should chase down to buy because it's just like bread. But someone came at me about it being a really bioengineered, like you're eating an engineered crazy food. And I'm like, <laughs> it's got four ingredients in it. Yeah. Yeah. It literally has like four ingredients in it. It's like eggs, cream cheese, almond flour, and I think baking soda. And like, that's all it is. Yeah. Like vanilla in there too. But like you put that many ingredients in a stir fry when you put that on your stove. So think yeah. about that. But like, I know. but when you look at like, there are some keto breads out there that look just like bread and feel just like bread and taste just like bread. And look at those ingredient labels. And I just personally, like, I, I'm kind of at the point where, like, if I don't know what an ingredient is, I try to stay away from things. Or if I can't pronounce a word, you know, I, I like to say, oh, okay, uh, if, I'm, if I need a degree to understand how to read this ingredient label, maybe I should stay away from eating that because that's clearly yeah. put together for a reason. Yeah, and then you look up, like, have you ever just, like, just for fun, looked up one of those ingredients that you can't pronounce, and then you see, like, what it is and its origin and where it's from uh -huh. and what it's used for, and you're like, holy shit, they they put this stuff in, like, motor oil, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. you hear something crazy or, like, it's from it's yeah. from something so synthetic, and you're like, oh, man, that's not good. Like vegetable oil. Yeah. yeah. It'll clean rust right <laughs> yeah. off a car battery. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like, yeah. where, like, where did that originate from? Oh, so then that industry had a lot of this left over and they determined that it kind of made things taste sweet. So let's start using it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, that's all that the zero guys in the factory food. just kept eating it. You I know. Know? <laughs> yeah. Like those, like those, those chips. I don't know. I, again, this is where I start to show that I'm close to 75 years older than you guys, but those, <laughs> those chips that came out, it was like in the nineties that, actually on the bag said may cause anal leakage. Oh, my oh God. nice. Yeah. See, I might be like, tempted to try a chip if it says that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, but people and people, cause they were lower. It, it was cutting the fat out. Like it was this fat substitute. I can't remember what the name of the substitute was, but oh it literally would say on the package, like may cause anal leakage. Like, you're going to get the runs by eating these chips and people are like, oh, let me get the chips. Uh, yeah, I but mean, it's chips. No fat, right? You, you know what's so well, funny? is Someone is like, no, it is so bad. You have to put that on the bag. <laughs> you know, because you know those oh, makers yeah. didn't want to put that. But they were like, no, it is the <laughs> anal leakage is real. You have to put it on the bag. Yeah, this is really <laughs> happening. This is actually happening right now. And then you see like there's three, there's three yeah. scientists in the room putting their heads down because you realize they're experiencing it right at that moment. Dude, it, <laughs> it's crazy. Have you gone on Amazon and read the reviews of sugar-free gummy bears? No. Oh, no. Oh, that's a wormhole to go down. Because sugar-free gummy bears use uh, a sweetener called maltitol, which is a sugar alcohol. If you eat more than one serving of maltitol, you get explosive diarrhea. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's also used in, in I think there's a couple sugar-free candy, other candies like Russell Stover's make some, I think they started to remove a little bit of, little bit of it. But so if you eat more than one serving of these gummy bears, you're in for a <laughs> funny evening. Brains out. And wow. so it's all these reviews. And a lot of them now are obviously people probably just jumping on the train, hoping to go viral with it. Yeah. But yeah. It's just literally because who, who gets a five pound bag of gummy bears and doesn't eat more than one serving of gummy bears? Like you don't mention, oh, like you said you, earlier, like you don't, you don't sit like no, you're cutting dude. cocaine with a razor blade and move four gummy bears over to one side no, of the table and then crush. put the rest away. You go after those gummy bears and then you learn what life is like after you intake, you know, 10 servings, 20 servings, 30 servings of maltitol. Yeah. That's not the thing, a good time. Dude. They, uh, when they, when the food industry switched to like fat free, sugar free, it's like the stuff they started putting in. Cause if you take all the fat out of something, it tastes like shit. Oh, take yeah. the sugar out, it tastes awful. So you got to put in all this w crazy stuff. But we got some reviews pulled up. Do you want to read one, Anthony? <laughs> yeah. This one, this is, uh, Amazon's choice of gummy bears. And the top, well, the first review is, 
this product has the most powerful laxative effect of anything I've ever ingested. I felt like I had a colonoscopy exam and prep for it. Do not eat more than 20 per day and do not eat after early afternoon uh, unless you plan on to wear a heavy duty diaper in bed. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, hold on. And don't think that a mo- don't think for uh, even a moment that the gas you're about to release will be just regular gas. <laughs> Dang, that is hilarious. I'm so glad that you opened up my world today yeah. for me. Like, like you can literally there's there's hundreds of pages of reviews. Like, it's it's incredible. Like, it's um, really freaking hilarious. And that's the, the same thing happens when I when I see some new person trying keto on Instagram and they post a picture of the Russell Stover's peanut butter cups that they're so excited to try. And I'm always like immediately like, oh, God, and I'm, please don't eat more than one or two. And they're like, I ate I ate four already. It's not going well. I'm like, oh, oh you learned your lesson. You learned your lesson. Dude, uh, the worst case of poops I got, I love that we're talking about this, yeah. <laughs> was uh, I did, uh, it was my first time and I did like, a, I didn't do a lot of research, but I did a three day fast. I'd never done a fast mm. before. I'd done like some intermittent fasting, but not a full on fast. Um, so I got, I was getting towards the end of my 72 hours and I was like, dude, I honestly feel pretty good. I think I'm just going to sleep through the night and I'll go to the grocery store tomorrow and, you know, eat, eat a healthy meal tomorrow. Well then like, then I got like an hour past 72. I was like at an hour 73 and I was like, Ooh, it would feel good to eat though. And Ooh. all I had left dude was, uh, it was been in, well, I had bought it before I did this fast. A quart of Ben and Jerry's, uh, Rocky Road, and then mm-hmm. another quart of Ben and Jerry's. I think it was Chunky Monkey, and I think I ate both of those. <laughs> I oh. ate both of those, and I am not kidding you. Within an hour, dude, I just lived on the toilet. Okay. <laughs> well, that much dairy going into your body after seventy-two hours off. Oh, yeah, I'm not oh. eating anything. Oh, it was ridiculous. I literally was like, "What was I thinking?" Yeah. Well. Probably out there. Don't do that. Have you experimented at all with putting MCT oil in your coffee? Oh, I've tried it. I never have actually. Yeah, if you put too much. Yeah, you. If you, you, they, they tell you to start with a teaspoon for a reason. Because a a lot of people, if you start with a tablespoon, you're you're on the toilet within an hour. You're oh yeah, dude. I've had it where I was like, I just eyeballed it and just squirted it directly Ooh. into the cup. And I was like, that seems like a good amount, and just drink a cup of coffee. And no, it's not good. I've never heard of this. I, I, that's crazy. Yeah. That is fun. It makes sense though. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's a great energy source, and you can build your body up to tolerate it. Like you can go like a teaspoon for a couple days, and then go up to a tablespoon. But yeah, and some people are fine. You know, some people don't have that reaction, but most people, again. Mm-hmm. What, what did the review say? Stay near the toilet and uh, make sure you're wearing a heavy duty diaper to work that day. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's that's how crazy food is, man. Like I um, one of the secret little delicacies that I hate because like in all actuality, they're disgusting, but hot Cheetos. But mm-hmm. every now and then I'm like, God, you know, I just want to go get a bag of hot Cheetos and I'll do it. And I'm like, you know, I'm like savoring it. I'll eat a bag of hot Cheetos and then I'm in excruciating pain mm. like doubled over pain and every time i do it i'm like that is nuts that you would have thought the first experience with this i would never get it again you know uh, but i keep going back to it you know every oh, now yeah. and then i haven't had any in a while but yeah dude, it's certain foods will do that but you'll still go back to it well my thing oh. the, speaking of cheetos like i love hot cheetos too i feel like i like them because of the feeling it gives me like it almost brings back <laughs> memories because while i'm eating them i look at them and i'm like this is literally not food no, like this not. literally looks like packing peanuts yeah. that they just covered in like hot like a hot mix or whatever yeah. and i'm like what is what are cheetos yeah. and but and it doesn't even taste that good when you really think about it but it it just feels good it feels good yeah. it feels great <laughs> well that's again it goes back to it. it's that moment you know you're good in that moment and then later on how you're feeling about that or with hot cheetos i this is one of the things like i i'm almost happy like I think I started into like the diet sphere before hot Cheetos really became a thing. So I never really had that, that experience with them, but I just look at people's hands after they're eating stuff like that. And it's like, (laughs) if you have to wash your hands for an hour after eating a food, like Mm -hmm. what is, what is that food? You know, is it actually food? 
Yeah, and it's hilarious because I work at a high school and uh, so many oh, yeah. of these kids, they all they eat is bags and bags and bags of hot Cheetos, but they mm. dump more red hot sauce stuff and Cholula all over it. And it's funny because so many of them, so many of them literally come up to me and they're like, oh, Mr. Like, my stomach hurts or I feel sick or like they have the runs and <laughs> they have to go home or they have to like use the bathroom. And I'm like, do you realize that you have – stomach problems every day of your life and you're 16 years old like, <laughs> don't you think it has something to do with the gallon of chalua you pour on bags and bags of this crap you know well there's probably some some kid online that posted in reddit if you need to get out of an exam two bags of hot cheetos and half a cup of cholula get you out of it i know oh, right? dude, I totally does that is hilarious all right Gorin. well we've this has been a really great hour um dude it was fun catching up with you man yeah guys it was good to talk to you again yeah, that is fun. So uh, are there any last words you want to give to all the people who are listening uh, to encourage them during quarantine this last little bit? Um, hey, uh, don't <laughs> don't eat like an asshole. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. You want to put put that on a sign and hang that in your window. Don't eat like an asshole. Don't Take eat care like of yourself. Asshole. This is all going to get back to normal really soon. And you're going to and we're still coming into summer, you know. True. Yeah. It's gonna be we're gonna it's gonna be time to start taking the hoodies off and you know, get yourself together. Yep. All right, Mike. Well uh dude, we'll stay in touch and just like the last Sounds one, good, I'll man. get this I'll I'll get our little edits in there and I'll email it over to you so you can post it or do whatever you want with it. Sounds good, man. You guys have a great day. All right, you, All too. you too, man. Have a good one.